welcome back to We Love Lucy. I am Allison Werma. I'm Corinne Eckhart. And I'm Molly Lyons. It's just us. Sorry, guys. You have just us again. Um, Sorry, guys. It's an intimate evening with just the three of us. Or afternoon, whatever time you're listening. So today we're going to talk about The Diner, which aired April 26th, 1954. Ricardos and the Mertzes pool their resources to buy a restaurant. That's exactly what happens, my friends. It is exactly what happens. <laughs> Oy. What, what a time was had in this diner. What a time to be alive. In yes. 1954 and yeah. 2018. <laughs> so we open and Lucy's in the kitchen. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Where the woman belongs, am I right? Yeah. And Ethel's barring some cream, which is... Standard neighbor fare. Have you ever borrowed anything like that from your neighbor? Correct. Yes, I have. Our friend Christina Brosman, who's been on the pod, lives around the corner from me. And I remember I was making chili, and I realized I was out of chili powder. And so I called her, and I said, can I come have some chili powder from your spice cabinet? And she put it in a little bag, and I grabbed it, and I went, and I made chili. I love that. I love that it was in a bag, and someone probably thought it was drugs. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a little cayenne. Yeah. (laughs) Just going to do lines of spice. Chili powder is a spice you always need to have. That's when I always run out of. Chili powder, garlic powder. I had the local taco stand once lend me a can opener to open a can of tuna because I couldn't find my can opener. Did you just walk over there? Yeah. I did. I don't know my neighbors, but I know the guys at the taco place. (laughs) I'm vaguely friendly with my neighbors, but I don't think I would ask to borrow anything from any of them. No. Hot dad barely looks me in the eye. (laughs) You have names for all of them? Yeah, there's hot dad, girl with the dog. Upstairs the girl. bitch upstairs. <laughs> the small blonde girl. And then there's the ones with the babies. And then there's the weird dad and son who I don't think are really related. <laughs> I have one of those too. Why is there always one of those? Yeah. And then there's Zuzu and Lulu. <laughs> those are dogs. No, Zuzu and Lulu are oh, a couple. Picture um, them to be 900 years old. Zuzu might be. I don't know how old he is. So we open and Ethel's borrowing some cream and Lucy says that Ricky's in a bad mood. And Ethel obviously assumes that Lucy has done something. And she's like, it wasn't me! <laughs> she like really flew into it. He had a rough night at the club. Yeah. His work is hard. Show business. He didn't have the right clothes. An uh, act didn't show up. The and, lights went out. And then he didn't have electricity. <laughs> I did like that topical reference to Liberace. Yeah. No, I know. Doing shows by candlelight. And still trying. Tracks. We know what that is. I thought it was because he's so glittery and sparkly that he was lighting everything That's up. what I thought it was, too, at first, actually. Yeah. And then it makes sense, the candles. Yes, also that. Behind the candelabra. So Ricky comes in. He's very... So grumpy. Grumpy, yes. Honestly, me, every time I wake up in the morning, I am not a morning person. Oh, and then they made a reference to like, a kangaroo who has a porcupine in his pouch. Yeah. And then Ethel's like, Fred always has a porcupine in his pouch. Well, Lucy says to her, she's like, oh, you're lucky that you don't have a mood volatile husband. You always know how Fred's right. going to be. He's so consistent. And I was like, yeah, he always has a porcupine in his Yeah, he's <laughs> consistently bad. Yeah. <laughs> Though I have to say, when Fred came into the kitchen, he was very sweet. He was like, hey, honey bunch. And I was like, oh my god, what is this sweet Ethel moment? He wasn't bad in this episode overall. Probably one of the least offensive Freds we've seen so far. Maybe the <laughs> finest Fred we have yet to see. So she was trying to cheer up Ricky, and she thought that if she got in his face and was very loud, it was like she thought he was little Ricky. <laughs> That's exactly what I I was like, she's treating Big Ricky like little Ricky. Like, Can you give me a smile? I was like, you can spell for me. Yeah. I mean, it works for uh-huh. me. If you guys ever need to cheer me up, just do that. 
me like a baby. <laughs> but Ricky's complaining about how hard it is in show business. And this is not the first time He's we have it. heard this complaint from him. He is over no. And like, honestly, as a show person myself... I get it. We're all show people. We're all show people here. It's a tricky business, but Fred says that all work is hard work. I agree with Fred. I mean, I think about switching jobs occasionally, but I think everybody does. I think everybody has those days where they're like, this was terrible. Should do something else. Yeah. And then... It kind of passes. Yeah, Fred's funny, though. You hear him talking about his job, which is always rare. He's saying how people are complaining about needing new keys and this and a leaky faucet. And then Lucy goes, oh, by the way, are you going to fix my leaky faucet? And I liked how they had both of the wives do the, not right now, really, picking battles is not the time. Because Lucy did the same thing to Ethel, where she was like, don't, don't get in his face. And then Ethel had to be the same thing. We're like, do not, do not go there with the plumbing. So I was like, oh, okay. That's marriage. He's telling people to back off your husband <laughs> when he's in a bad mood. Leave him alone. When he was imitating all of the complaints he was getting, I thought they were going to set it up. He was imitating Lucy because he used this high-pitched voice and he was kind of whiny a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she sounds like that. But then she mimicked it about the plumbing. And then I was like, oh, maybe those were all Lucy asks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I lost my keys. <laughs> Fred? I believe it. I definitely would. Yeah, I don't have an on-site landlord, so I have no experience in this matter. I don't either. And my landlord also is a very observant Jew who will not answer his phone. You know, (laughs) sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. And I got locked out of my apartment (gasps) and I had to sneak in. My landlord wouldn't pick up the phone, so I had to sneak in through the window, which is disturbing to know that you can do that. Zuzu actually helped me to bring it full circle. Zuzu gave you a boost. Zuzu did. He was like, I think we can get in this way. And we were able to jimmy my window open a little bit. Wow. So the next day, Ricky is looking for a new job. Is this the scene where they play with little Ricky? Because there's like a really mini cameo. Yeah. And then there was clearly some voiceover of Lucy telling him baby darling as she's taking him to his room. But you could see her and her mouth wasn't moving. Yeah. The sound is very weird. Yeah. It was clearly uh, dubbed. Yeah. You did it in post. And also it was just. You can fix anything in post. It was just a baby shot to appease the audience. I was appeased. Honestly, (laughs) it has been too long. We have been waiting too long. I like. Baby time. I like how all the baby shots involve her coming in with the baby, and then she's like, the baby's very tired. He didn't get his nap. The baby's got a nap. We kept him up too late. Yeah, that's always the excuse. Baby's got to sleep. Also, I noticed a thing. I still think this is weird when families do it now. My family does it. But when parents will refer to each other as mommy and mm-hmm. poppy for the kids benefit but at a certain point i don't know i hate when i as an adult woman when my mother calls my father daddy refers to him as daddy she's like have you spoken to daddy she's like daddy's running late and i'm like what i know my mom will be like your father it's always your father or your mother. it's always on you yeah like, it's your father he's your late. father i'm like only because you <laughs> you made him my dad right? i didn't ask to be born let's be clear yeah always remember I never asked for this. I never asked for this life. So Ricky's checking out the classifieds and Fred and Ethel come in Mm -hmm. and he's reading them out loud. And the first one he comes across is a delicatessen. Delicatessen. Mm -hmm. Let's call it all delis. Delicatessen. I love that word. Classic. And they say that he wouldn't be good at a delicatessen, which is very close to a diner. I was surprised. I know. 
I mean, they're basically the same thing. But they're leaning into the side of the deli that's also a butcher shop. Yeah. Which is much more about the fine food goods rather than like just serving up pancakes. Or like the meats. Yes. Yeah. She called him the sausage something. Sausage king. He's the sausage king. Okay. Yeah, she did say guy. that. Yeah. Also, is it just me? Are we having some different shots and mm. camera views or setups in this episode? Yeah. I felt like they were experimenting a little bit. Yeah. No, I definitely did feel a little bit different. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting, especially at this time, she made a joke about the reason why he couldn't do it is because it'd be like Ricardo's blintzes. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's interesting for me to think about is things like diners and delis and things that are really normal parts of our everyday American culture. At a point in time, they got integrated by different immigrant communities. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of why she was like, you would not be the right person. You're not the typical community that would right. know how to offer up the ideal deli experience. Right, right, right. And then also diners are traditionally like, I mean, often Greek. Greek, or yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just oh. interesting how we associate them with certain yeah. things. I love a good diner. Me too. Diners became very big in New York in that time period in the mm-hmm. 50s. And actually a very iconic place that is still open today on the Lower East Side called Veselka, Veselka Diner, opened in 1954. So just a little Easter egg. So the next suggestion is a cocktail lounge and Ethel has a very strong reaction. Shut it down. And she looks at Fred. She goes, no. And she just looks at Fred. Is that an in-joke on the fact that William Frawley's a drunk? It might be. There's some speculation. That makes sense to me. I like that. I'm going to go with that. Or just that in the 50s, cocktail lounges were like not the best. Were they seedier? They're seedier. Yeah. Going to pick up. Then going to a club, I think. How funny how it's changed. Yeah. (laughs) And then they end up choosing a diner. Ethel and Fred say that they had experience in a diner. In Indianapolis? Yeah, when they were on their vaudeville tour. So they're like, oh, we're pros. We know how to do this. And they were saying, Adam and Eve on a... On a raft and wreck them. Yeah. Which means you put eggs, like scrambled. Bacon and eggs scrambled. Yeah. Which one's Adam and which one's Eve? Uh, I think Adam's the bacon. Eve is the egg. Which was the rib? The woman is from the rib, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's the bacon. Is there an apple? Women have eggs. Oh. (laughs) He's the rib. I just think it has something to do with... The ribs. Yeah. I have a whole list of things that they said here walk a cow past the stove and don't cry over it yeah is a rare hamburger without onions that makes sense i I get that one more than the adam and eve one yeah a rare hamburger i do like on the adam and eve on a raft in wreckham i like wreckham for scrambled Mm-hmm. Ralph. Yeah. I think that's what Racket Ralph's about. Scrambled <laughs> eggs. Yeah. They choose a diner and they are fond of this idea because Ethel and Fred have experience in a diner and Ricky's got the name, a famous name that people might recognize. And Lucy's mm, got nothing. We couldn't do anything without you. And she's like, I have the same name as him. <laughs> you couldn't Aww. even give me that. She's got the spirit. She's the face. She's the backbone. She's the heart. She's She's the charisma. Yeah, she's the soul. Yeah, it's really being driven here by, you know, Ricky's desire to get out of show business and Fred and Ethel's desire to help him. And Lucy's kind of along for the ride. It's an interesting dynamic. Right. One that I wish might have continued with Lucy feeling kind of useless in this situation and how she would have inserted herself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, it was interesting too because their ages, they're at like different points in their working lives where Ricky's like, I just want to pivot. I'm over this. While Fred's like, I guess we could take our savings and just put it all into this restaurant so we could do this thing together. But the girls, when they realize, 
oh, well, if we're partners, yeah, let's definitely do it. That would be fun. That would be like a fun activity for us to do. At this point, and we've seen the girls go into business where they buy a dress shop, and we've seen countless other stories where the girls are kind of flirting with entrepreneurialism. Yeah, the salads. Entrepreneurship, the salads, the salad dressing. Going on TV might have also been about show business, but that's a career. Mm-hmm. And so Vitamina Vegemin for her and the chocolate factory they're yeah. working And at this point, it's almost like Lucy and Ethel have jobs, even though they don't have the same job and they don't have a typical career trajectory. They work a lot for Mm -hmm. non-working women. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think the idea is that they are always looking for something new to do Mm -hmm. and new adventures and new challenges, which is really cool. But the thing that was so... (laughs) It's just silly. Obviously, it's a sitcom, so it's not super realistic. But the fact that they were like, we have the know-how. They just kept saying that we have the know-how because they once worked in a diner a long time ago and knew some phrases. And so they're like, of course, we'll be able to run a diner. With just two people who have know-how. And it just, it seems like from the jump, it's like, okay, well, this is going to be an imbalanced relationship. Yeah. Right. We're like, this isn't going to go well. I wanted to see the same things I wanted to see in the dress shop episode. Like, oh, the other things involved with, you know, having a business, ordering your food and all the kind of... Designing the menu. Yeah, that minutia. And they certainly did try their hand at designing the look of the restaurant. Right. Also, the thing that was so funny, and this happened at the dress shop too, where like back then you could buy a store or a place and it would just come fully stocked. You just get the entire inventory. Yeah, is that how that works? I don't know. And so they, for $2,000, they bought the diner. And then they're talking about the name. And so the sign was like, the first thing they had to change was Bill's place because Mr. Watson had named it after himself, Bill. They should have kept it. Honestly. Brand recognition. Exactly. What about those Yelp reviews? I know. But then Ricky said, well, the whole point is that it's my name. And so we got to name it after me. Mm -hmm. Right. So he wants Ricky's place and Fred wants Fred's place. And then Lucy chimes in. That it should be a woman's name. Right. Because women cook. And they end up deciding that because they're advertising Cuban dishes, they should call it a little bit of Cuba. Which, coincidentally, is apparently the same name as a Cuban restaurant in Freehold, New Jersey. (laughs) Oh, should we go? (laughs) Road trip. Oh, it has three and a half stars on you. Oh, hey. And three dollar signs. We should go. Let's have some plantains. Mm. Speaking of plantains, the Ricky special on the menu was a hamburger smothered in Tabasco sauce and mashed bananas between two tortillas. Down with Tabasco. That, that was a choice. Yeah. It was, it was something. So when we see a little bit of Cuba, it's decorated. There are hats mm-hmm. around the sign. We have Fred manning the counter. We have Ethel on kitchen. the grills. Ricky schmoozing and talking to all the suited men who are at the counter. And then Lucy as your hostess. Mm-hmm. And may I say, she had a beautiful dress on. Very fancy. Definitely. Was he wearing a tux? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, it looked really crazily. Also, what I think of as a diner is not right. Diet. No, and yeah, and everyone there was also wearing suits. They were like ordering hamburgers. I can see you, you know, businessmen and whatever walking into a diner, but I do think you don't quite have that kind of greeting staff and seating staff mm-hmm. at a diner. Obviously, Fred and Ethel are quickly underwater with the requests and mm-hmm. need help behind the counter, and they definitely could have used either Lucy or Ricky pitching in, you could probably have one person in charge of seating people and keeping them entertained. Be behind the counter and also talk to them 
somebody. Yeah. yeah, I feel like realistically you also don't need someone to seat people at the counter. Right. Especially, we know Lucy does a lion's share of cooking for her household and prepares breakfast for Ricky and... One of the requests was a cup of coffee. She could be on beverage duty yeah. easily. Right. I mean, it was just clear that what they liked about it was the idea of showing people they had a restaurant. Yeah. And so they didn't really want to do any work. And then, of course, as Fred and Ethel are getting increasingly stressed out, both Lucy and Mickey are like, this is really not that hard. We like love owning a diner. This is great. And, of course, that doesn't go well because there's just too many orders for Fred and Ethel. Yeah. It's just a disconnect and emphasizing the difference in their social statuses. It's like the class thing again, yep. where, like, they're the working class couple, Ethel and Fred, and then Lucy and Ricky get to be a little bit more smooth. Mm-hmm. Ethel's cooking outfit reminded me of the chocolate factory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the hat. Outfit. Yeah. So Fred and Ethel quickly get fed up, and they have a confrontation in which they say that they're doing all of the work. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which they are. Yes. And they suggest that they switch places and... Lucy and Ricky are not interested in that because they have no experience running a diner. And they basically leave. If they don't have the know-how, as they like to say. <laughs> I don't have the know-how. How am I How am I to do that? They gotta learn. But kudos to the Mertzes for yes. standing up for themselves. For using their words. Yeah. Yeah, for having a backbone. Yeah, it was great. And so they eventually ended up walking out and leaving Ricky and Lucy to pick up pieces. We cut to Lucy behind the counter sad face yeah Yeah, she keeps messing up orders and she's only had like four of them and they were all at different times they were all at different times and so ricky is chastising her for driving away business which is fair but also ricky's supposedly a businessman decent cook i would think he has no skills it appears in this restaurant running situation i mean the cuba thing was his idea right well, and you heard him at one point saying to one of the guys at the counter, he's like, we're going to have all these things. We're going to have a rose con pollo and paella. paella yeah. And he's like listing off all these foods that are clearly things that are special to him, mm-hmm. but he has no part in making them. And also, I don't think they're being made because all anyone's ordering is hamburgers. Right. <laughs> hamburgers and coffee. So the Mertzes come back in to see how the business is doing. And obviously, there are no customers. And they continue to argue about sharing the work. So they decide to just split the place down the middle. Because they've both put in half. Right. Nobody has enough money to buy the other person out. The Ricardos clearly do. Well, first they want the Mertzes to take the back half of the restaurant and they'll take the front half, which is exactly what was happening before. Idiots. So they decide to split it down the middle and they literally put a line of tape that trope where you split a room in half and yeah. you're like, that's your side, this is yep. my side, don't come on my Did side. Did originate here? Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, it always makes me think of two little like sisters doing that, or maybe I just did that with my sister, and that's fine. And the Mertzes actually named their side. Which, I loved this. So the Mertz's side was called Big Hunk of America. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Fred calls himself. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. So they split up the diner, and the first customer to come by is a drunk. A drunk bum. Who is this drunk man? And he wanted a drink. He sat down at the bar, and he thought there'd be a bar under the bar for his feet. Which, is that like a standard in bars? Yeah, the rail. Why? Where? Why? I don't know. That's really interesting. I guess I've never... It makes sense to me. I know what he meant. Yeah. 
But why do they have that at bars? I, I wonder. Know. It's what? a little bit of physical comedy. Wobbling around. Yeah. It was a really smart move because they kept trying to get him to go to their side and he couldn't stand straight. So it was like two owners trying to call the same dog to them. I think it would have ended up confusing even a sober person, but it is particularly distressing probably if you're drunk and people are calling after you and trying to get you to do things. So this guy is played by Fred Sherman and one of his first films is called Wildcat and it also starred William Frawley. Oh, Bill has friends. Drunk friends. Willie Will. So he's being pulled back and forth and Lucy gets a brilliant idea to lower the prices of her hamburger. Because they have these little chalkboards that both say hamburger 15 cents. And then Ethel lowers her hamburger and it's like a reverse bidding war. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite part is Lucy gives him a dollar and he orders what a hundred because Ethel's gone all the way down to one cent a hamburger. Yep, right. So yeah, so Lucy gives him a dollar and then he asks for one hundred hamburgers from Ethel. Brilliant. Yeah, I did love that. Yeah, it was a really good idea. I loved her, you know, scheme. Of always a scheme. I so, love when she outsmarts someone. We don't always mm-hmm. get to see that from her, so mm-hmm. I did appreciate that. So Ethel says that they're out of hamburgers, and he goes back over to Lucy and Ricky's side. And he orders a hamburger and Ethel starts insulting their hamburgers and Ricky answers back and it escalates to the point of pies being picked up. Comedy. Someone also brought in pies. Do you remember that? There was like someone delivered pies. Oh, right. Yes. So they had to put them in the middle because they were splitting the pies. A delivery man earlier did walk in with some pies that they needed to split between the two restaurants. A thing I rewatched because it didn't make any sense to me. You had the two sides and they were competing for these burgers, whatever, and then the pies are there. And then the drunk throws the first pie? Yeah, so I think... Because he's drunk! When I'm drunk, I just want to throw pastries at everyone. So when they had the pies and they were kind of dancing around each other like wrestlers in a ring or something... Mm He was cheering them on and he said, throw the pie. I love a good pie fight or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I think his motivation was he wanted to start the fight Mm -hmm. because tempers had kind of calmed down and it seemed like they weren't in fact going to do a food fight. And so he instigated one. Sure. And Ethel didn't really see where the pie came from, it seems. so She just felt assaulted, which I really get it. So she fires back and the guys get involved and it's a gigantic food fight comedy like in a a cafeteria it's fun comedy escalating there was so much pie well that was my thought is like how many pies did they order and also Mm -hmm. it's the epitome of slapstick for sure and it's just so basic now to be like oh throw a pie it'll be funny and the audience will laugh but that probably wasn't true at the time it was probably a relatively new idea pies had just been invented (laughs) The original pie. It, I, it's science. I was giggling. And history. Though. There is something just very funny about people throwing cream pies at each other, and I don't know why, but I, I did enjoy it. I did too. I had a great time. So I think a show we don't normally talk about, but I've seen it referenced that it took inspiration from this episode is... Laverne and Shirley, mm-hmm. they have an episode also titled The Diner, and the girls take over the diner and are very overwhelmed with the workload mm-hmm. and the patrons, and so this could be very directly inspired by the Lucy episode. Two Broke Girls! Oh, yeah, and then there's Two Broke Girls, which is the modern version. Yep. Oh, and at the end of the episode, Bill 
Mr. Watson comes back. He sees them throwing the pies. and She's like, oh, I miss this place. Feels like they're having a lot of fun. But he comes in all sad. He just wanted to come see it, he said. He misses his spot. His place. Bill's place. So the funny thing about this to me was they are throwing pies, but they kind of have ended in this laughter jovialness before Mr. Watson walked in. And it gave you the sense that they weren't desperate to offload the place, but then they really come at him hard with... I guess with the conversation where they both were like, I wish I could buy you out. Right. They're like, I don't know what we're going to do because this isn't working. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of where we established what we want to get out of this because this isn't so good. So they paid $2,000. They asked Mr. Watson for $3,000. He offers them $1,200 and they They take take it. it. And then Mr. Watson and the bum are left alone in the diner and the bum says, they're nice people and they just want to make a buck. And he says, yeah, I make a buck by scamming people, basically. He's a scammer. So many scammers in 1950s New York. He tries to offload the restaurant to other people and then gets money back by rebuying it back. Yeah. For like way less. Yeah. He's like, everyone can't run a place like I can. Well, and he basically was scamming on the the idea that everyone loves the idea of being their own boss, but nobody can actually pull it off. Which I think is an interesting thing where Mm -hmm. you still, that's such an American thing where it's like, the American dream is to be successful being my own boss and answering to no one but me. But that takes so much work and people don't always focus on that part of it. Totally. Especially when there are four people who are trying to be the boss. And restaurants are some of the hardest businesses to start. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them go under. Should we get a restaurant? Yes. It's called Puzzles. That's a How I Met Your Mother reference. I was like, like, let's buy a bar. It'll be called Puzzles. And the question will be like, exactly. That's the puzzle. So I think the real bummer for me was the diner was actually functioning when Fred and Ethel were in charge of the cooking. And if Lucy and Ricky had kind of stepped up and helped them because they obviously needed help, then it could have actually been a legitimate venture. They should have hired Miss Trumbull. (laughs) She's a hard worker. And she (laughs) She would have worked for for free. free. (laughs) And then you could have little Ricky up front entertaining for tips. Oh, yeah. I want to see the episode where Miss Trumbull tries to unionize herself. (laughs) (laughs) Union of one. (laughs) Union of unpaid neighbors who do childcare. Right? Volunteer nannies. (laughs) Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, it was definitely like a really fun bit to build to all of the pie throwing. It did feel a little bit redundant from stuff we've seen before where everybody always wants to fight about getting their name on something. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants, you know, it's just like always like an ego trip. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Lucy and Ricky. And so it gets a little bit old, but it still works. It's fun. Yeah. There weren't any real turns that I didn't see coming, although I didn't see the bum throwing the pies. In retrospect, I should have, because why would you have had a delivery boy deliver pies in the middle of an episode? Chekhov's gun. If it wasn't going to pay off. <laughs> right. Lucy's pies. I didn't see... Lucy's pies. I didn't see the Mr. Watson being a scammer coming. Yeah, that was... That did that feel was a little bit out of nowhere. But I, I was into it. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, they could have just ended the episode with the... Mertz's and their Carter's taking a loss per usual without anyone being like behind it. Mm-hmm. Without there being an evil puppet master. Yeah. He's like, I do this all the time. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> Crazy. I sell my business. I mean, how do you do taxes with that? That must be a nightmare. Just your Venmo has such weird things on it. <laughs> you just take a loss like every three days. I guess so. But you made 800 bucks. Anyway, yeah, we've seen this episode before. We'll probably continue to see it again. I look forward to it. <laughs> Anything else we want to say? No, that's it for me today. That's all I got. 
Okay, well, where can our friends and fans find us? You can find us on iTunes and leave a review and a rating if you so desire. And you can find us on Instagram at We Love Lucy Podcast. On Twitter at We Love Lucy Pod. You can find us on Facebook at We Love Lucy Podcast. And yes, always you can send all thoughts and feelings to our email, which is We Love Lucy Pod at gmail.com. Adios, Lucy's. Hasta la vista.